Let me just pray before we step into the message tonight. And I know, and you'll see how this message ties in with everything that's already taken place. Father, we do continue to lift up our the youth that have gone to camp, not only from this church, but the other churches that are meeting there in Tulsa and Victory. Give them encounters with you. God, if there's anybody here tonight that just needs to encounter you, give them that encounter of your love, your goodness, your mercy. Wow. Your grace. Let something come alive in them tonight. Let them look back a few weeks from now and say, wow, something happened. Let others look at him and go, I don't know, but something's happened to you. Something's different. Give them strength to walk and to run with the things that you have for them. I speak a peace over their lives tonight. I speak an assurance over their lives tonight. And even this word that I'm about to give tonight, that this is ground as being prepared to receive this word tonight. Strengthen, courage to create a hunger and a thirst after you tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Wow. I'm like, okay, Lord, do we stay there? Do we move? And anyways, we're just going to move into my message tonight. How about that? If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Psalms 42. <clears throat> and um, we all, I have a handout. I got a handout tonight. So did everybody get one? It's uh, orange colored. Everybody, anybody not get one? Okay. Wow. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there's. There's something in this atmosphere tonight. It's Wednesday night, and I, you guess what I know? I know some hungry folk come in here on Wednesday night. So it's going to be a little bit different tonight. And I want to talk a little bit about victory. I want to talk a little bit about mindsets. I want to talk a little bit about belief systems, uh, ideas, thoughts, those different things tonight. Uh, because what we believe is ultimately more important than what we do. You can do something without believing in it, but it, when your belief system changes for the things of God, then you will do those things of God. Does that make sense? The course of our life is really set forth in the deepest core beliefs. And I've had a shifting, I've had a changing um, from many years ago to how I was to view God and I was afraid of God and I still am fear as in reverence of the Lord, but my intimacy level is deeper with God. And I want your intimacy level to get deeper with God and as we look at our belief systems, that can change. Because there are some people that just say, well, you know, you just go to church and you come and you go and you don't really believe that stuff. You're just doing it out of duty or because somebody said you ought to, your wife's making you or your husband's saying, yeah, we need to go. 
And I want us to get to that place where we can begin to experience something. Even like tonight, I believe we're, we're experiencing something. So there's mindsets that we have. And these mindsets that we have should be strongholds for God's purposes. There are strongholds, the Bible talks about strongholds in fortified, it's a fortified place. And that where demons dwell, where that stronghold is, that belief system that says, I don't know, I'm not good enough, or I didn't come from the right family, or I don't have the right background, or I don't have the right education, or I don't have the right skin color. Those belief systems can be strongholds, and God wants to break those strongholds down and bring you a belief system that says, yes, you can. And it doesn't matter whether you were born with a gold spoon, silver spoon, I say a plastic spoon in your mouth, that you've got to break those things down. Because if you allow the limitations of those things, then you allow God to, to limit what you not only believe, feel, or think about yourself or others, then that belief system will control you. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, can I get an amen? Anybody here tonight? You know, so that, that, that belief system, if I believe that God is mad at me and angry at me and wants to smack me down and all these other things, then, then I will operate through that belief system and I'll never experience the beauty that God has and the beholder that he is and how much he loves and cares for us. And those are those things. It's our belief and our attitude that are foundational to the desires that God has for us to walk in freedom and power. Did you know that that's what God wants for us to walk in freedom and in power? Let me say that again. It's the beliefs. It's our attitudes that are the very foundational thing that, that lets us walk in the desire that God has for freedom and power or not walk in that we need to be able to have our foundation built upon those things and the word of god is very very clear it says build your foundation on rock on the rock on christ on the rock build your foundation on that so when we begin to look at our core beliefs when we begin to look at our core values you know i see the world and the world system and there's some things within the world and the, the beliefs and the values are being skewed. We're, being, we're getting off the path of God. Come on, somebody. God, God wants us to be able to maintain his core values, his core ideas, his authority, his dominion. That's what the kingdom is about. And if our core values or core beliefs are, are off, then we'll be off. Does that make sense? The foundation has to be right. And you got to know that your foundation has got to be this, that God loves you, he cares for you, he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And on Sundays, and some of my message from the past few Sundays may come in tonight, but we've talked about new life. And I'm like, I want to walk in that new life. I want to live in that new life. I want to have peace when I lay my head down at night that I'm going to have that and will have that new life that Jesus has died for. 
So if I came up and, and, and Weldon, I gave my life for you, and it meant for you to have everything that your heart desires and the things of God, then, and you only have one thing, then my life was in vain. I want you to have everything, and God wants us to have everything and experience everything. So we've learned some things, even the few, the, 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 time that we've had off it was we've looked at some things and I told you for the next probably many years these things are going to begin to come out and and I want to share some things with you tonight I want to talk a little bit about thirsting for the things of God thirsting for the things of God has anybody ever been thirsty come on let me see got some hands you've been thirsty have you ever been thirsty and then had a coke or something and you're like that didn't do it and then you turn around and have a glass of milk, and you're like, that didn't do it. And then you know why? Because your body needs water. And there's times where I've tried to have a Coke, and that didn't do it, so I'd have a Sprite. That didn't do it, so, you know, many years ago I'd have something else. Come on, somebody. And that didn't do it. And then there's like, you're still dehydrated, and all of a sudden, I would never liked water. I'm here to tell you my core belief was I didn't like water. That's a wrong core belief. I can believe that I don't like water, but my body is made up mostly of water. Come on, somebody. So I began to start looking at the value of water and saying, I need to have more water. And there are times where physically when I, when I work and, and sweat that I have cramps. I mean, I can lay down at bed at night. It wasn't too long ago. I'd, I built something for my, one of my one of my sons, and, and, and I worked all day long, and I was in the garage, and it was sweaty, and, and I was hot, and, and, I, and I, excuse me, ladies, I sweat. Ladies perspire. Y'all know there's a difference, right? Men sweat, I sweat. And, and, I, and so I have this coconut water that I use, and I've found that there's a value for my body with coconut water. It's able to replenish some of the nutrients and minerals that, that I needed. So my core belief had to be, had to be changed. So God, we need to thirst after him. And, and there's a difference. There's a difference. So Psalms 42, let's look at verses 1 and 2, or part of number 2. In the, in the uh, New American Standard Bible, let me just read it to you. It says, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So here's a deer. Obviously, he may have been being chased and he's running for his life because there may be a lion in the jungle and he's after the deer and them deer can run. How many even know you can run? How many you know when, when your life is in danger, you can run faster than when your life is not in danger, right? You can move faster when your life is not in danger. So I picture this, this, the psalmist taking this and, and using this example of this deer running and 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 jumping and jumping and over it and then looking back and going, the lion's not there. <laughs> but I'm thirsty. And there's a brook. How many of you know the deer in the woods is not going to open up an Ozark of water and have a drink? He's looking for a brook that's running, that, 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 it, that is fresh and cool. Let me give you the, the Good News Bible version of it. And it says this. It says, I love this part of it. It says, as a deer longs for a stream of cool water. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? When you've been so thirsty and you've tried other things and then finally you got that water and you were like, 
Now that quenches the thirst. This deer, if we could think about this deer and how he was looking at it and he was longing for this and the psalmist basically said look he said I long for you oh God just like that's happening my I thirst for you I thirst for you and I'm like how do you thirst for God see what what happens is is us in the natural when we have the things of God the Word of God and we can just kind of if, if we will go deep enough we will thirst for God and sometimes it's like, I can't get enough, I need some more. I can't get enough, I got to have some more. I can't get enough, I got to have some more. When we are hungry physically, when we're in need physically, eating can cause our hunger and our thirst to what? To decline, right? Oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Oh, I have a big old steak. Ooh, I'm feeling good now. I'm no longer hungry. But how many of you know the Word of God is just the opposite? When you get into the Word of God, you'll want to thirst even more. And that's, that's the difficult thing because the enemy wants to keep you away from getting into the Word of God. But when you get into the Word of God, you're going to begin to, to, to thirst even more. I will guarantee you, the more you get in, and if you stay, stay in the Word and receiving the Word and operating in the Word, all of a sudden you're going to get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and hungry. I don't know about you, but God wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm like I'm reading or I'm meditating on a scripture or I'm quoting something or I'm praying and this is all part of it. And this psalmist here, he was, he was proclaiming his thirst for God. He said, man, as a deer pants for water, so I thirst for you, God. And I've looked at, at the city, I've looked at the state, I've looked at the nation. I was like, what's wrong with thirsting after God? What's wrong with that? And some people are like, what are you doing, man? I'm just, I'm talking about Jesus. Every time I talk to you, you talk about Jesus. You're talking about God. You're gonna... I'm like, what's wrong with that? If the world doesn't want it, then obviously it's good. Come on, somebody. When you say Jesus, they're like, well, don't be saying Jesus. Now let's be politically correct. I'll politically correct you. That's what I'm thirsting after, all right? And that's the only reason, that, that's the only thing we need to get some things turned around. Can I get an amen? So what happens is the psalmist was saying, I need to seek you, God. When we are seekers of God, and listen to this, not just churchgoers or not just moral people or people that just have values, but we literally seek God then our, our thirst is going to increase. So many Christians, they may start out hungry. You know what I'm talking about? They start out hungry. Oh, we get in the Word and they're reading the Word and they're praying and they're doing all these other things. And then all of a sudden, where are they? Has anyone ever wondered? You know, and it talks about it in Revelations. He says he was talking about the church in Ephesus. And he, and he talks about them losing their first love. Losing their first love. But I've had some people that have said, man, I've come to church and just got so refreshed. And then they, they move off to Texas or whatever. And so I can't find a church like that. I can't. I mean, you guys don't know because you guys are in it all the time. I'm going to share something with you. That you guys have an opportunity to continue to thirst after the things of God and watch that thirst grow. You're going to watch it grow. So oftentimes... We don't realize what happens. It can happen little by little. In other words, we can not get thirsty, and then we don't read, don't pray, 
listen, reading and praying and meditating on the Word of God, it's a good thing, y'all. Don't let anybody ever tell you it's a bad thing. Or don't let anybody ever tell you you're doing too much of it. Can I get an amen for that? Come on. So we have to understand that. So let me give you a couple things real quickly. I don't want to get to a place tonight. But we're talking about thirsting after God like this psalmist was talking about this deer. I want to be that way. How about you? But what happened is I realized there were some things in our lives and just as well as your lives. So I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about me. And I began to start looking at these things that begin to come in that kept me almost away from thirsting after him. From saying, God, I got to have you. You know, I want, I'm addicted, I'm addicted, I'm addicted, I'm addicted to Jesus. I'm addicted to the love of God. I'm addicted to God. I, I'm addicted to his ways and I'm addicted to his purposes. I want to be, I'm addicted to something. And it's not the drugs, it's not the alcohol, it's not the sex or anything else. It's God and I want to be addicted to God. I want to thirst after him. And I'm thinking, what happened? What happened? I remember when I got saved, and I remember I like couldn't wait for the church doors to open. I want to hear. I want to learn. I want to grow. What does this mean? Lay hands, lay hands. I lay hands, and you know when things happen or don't happen, and I'm just I'm like, that's God. You said that in your word. What happens to that? So let me give you some signs that may cause you not to realize it's happening, because all of a sudden you've heard of gradualism, right? You've heard uh, you've heard of the scientific experiment where they'll take a frog, put it in water. And they will turn the water up little by little by little. And the frog does what? It dies. It never jumps out. So some things can happen to us. And we don't even realize it because gradually they're happening. And we don't realize it. And these are some things I began to identify. Here's some signs. And you can take some notes on this. I didn't put this on your handout. But here's some signs for you to, to be able to look at it and say, is my belief system to the place where I'm thirsting after God, and I need him. I need him, not just once a month or once a year, but I need God in my life. Here's some signs that I want to give you. One would be not crying out for God. Don't cry out for God any longer. Oh, God's good. When I went to Africa, they were crying out to God. They were crying out. Cry out on behalf of your family. Cry out on behalf of the city. Cry out on behalf of the church. Cry out on behalf of your brothers and sisters that are going through some stuff. God, oh God, I want to cry out. I cry out for God. And sometimes we, just little by little, it happens. And we don't cry out for God anymore. Another thing that we were able to identify was we don't have an extended time with God alone. Oh, come on, somebody. I must touch some sacred ground here tonight, but it's going to be all right because God loves you and, and you'll make adjustments. But we don't spend time with God alone. There, we come together corporately and this is wonderful. But I know that I got to spend time alone with God. And I got to put up my Facebook or I got to put up my cell phone or I got to put up my text messages. Come on, can I be real tonight? I know social media and, and these things are really good, but there can be some bad stuff. You know why? Because I've found myself having a conversation with my wife and my phone go, and guess what about the conversation with my wife? You tell me if this isn't you, maybe it's just me. All of a sudden I forgot what she's saying and I'm wondering who's trying to call me. I'm not saying don't use it, guys. I'm not saying don't use it. I'm saying use it. 
But all of a sudden, we're, we're, uh, I'm talking to Weldon, I'm talking to Weldon, and my phone goes off, and my attention now is no longer at Weldon. It's at my phone, and who's trying to text me, and who's trying to get a hold of me, and who's doing this, or who's doing that. And then I'm like, oh, well, I forgot all about Weldon anymore. I have been guilty of that. Some of y'all know, because <laughs> I've probably done it to you. Are you spending time alone with God? I'm talking about alone. I learned a long time ago that I could be alone and not be lonely. Are you spending some time alone with God? This happens. How about this? Here's, here's another thing that, 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 that may cause you to not realize this, that you may not realize it's happening and it's, is, is, is maybe you, you avoid prayer meetings. How about this? When there's an altar call at church and you're like, I, I haven't gone up in years. I'd think about that. Are, are, why is that? I mean, there's altar calls for anything. If you, you know, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. Pray for me. We've got people that are pray for people. And just pray, and that's what it's about. Because the Bible says, when two come together and agree on any one thing touching, it'll be done for us by our Father, which is in heaven. How about this? You ever found all of a sudden you're disinterested in the things of God? Maybe I'm talking to myself tonight. How about I lose the heart to reach others? I don't care. They're messing up. Let them go to hell. I don't want them to go to hell. And I lost my heart to reach others and was wondering where it was. How about this? We stop talking about what Jesus is doing. What's God doing in your life? Oh, no. What's he supposed to be doing? Are you with me? I love it when I'm doing... Well, I'll get that in a minute. How about being critical of people that have a passion for God. Well, they're just in that holy roller church. I just go to church all the time. They go to church every day. They go to church every day. Down there every day, just going to church, going to church, going to church. They're passionate for God. And sometimes we put them down, and they're passionate for God. And we put them down. They're passionate for God. So we're critical of people. How about this? Losing the wonder of knowing God. Man, when I've, my most intimate times have been when I've been alone with my Father. Amazing. Healing, strengthening. See, the enemy wants us to eliminate our hunger for God. If he can keep you busy, if he can keep you thinking about this or keep your mind, I'm telling you, my mind likes, is like this. Some, I didn't know I've never been diagnosed ADD, but maybe I'm that because there's sometimes I'm like, let's get to the bottom line. Tell me what the bottom line is. Get to the bottom line. Yes or no. Why did it take you 20 minutes to get to the yes or no? And that's the way I'm designed. So I've had to, I've had to look at it and say, the enemy uses. How about this? Here's some things that the enemy will use is disappointment. He'll use disappointment. He'll keep you from thirsting after God because you're disappointed. Disappointed in me, disappointed in others, disappointed in the world, disappointed in the lights, disappointed in the moon, disappointed in your car, your home, your shoes, your house, your whatever. You're just disappointed. How about distractions? The enemy will keep us so distracted. Man, I'm... I'm a one-track person when I'm driving. Shelly's over there like, oh, that's beautiful over there. And I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm off the road. Are you with me? And I'm like, oh, I just missed my exit. Why? Because I was looking at all this stuff. I was all distracted. 
I forgot where we were going. What were we doing? I remember one time you guys said, you know, one time I was, I was at the church and I was headed home and, and I got distracted. Pulled up in my driveway and went in the house and Shelly said, where's Rachel? <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even begin to explain where she was, what had happened. I got distracted. Come on, we've all gotten distracted, haven't we? So we can get distracted. That's what's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to begin to hinder our spiritual thirst. And if you understand, the more you get in the Word of God, the more you worship, the more you pray, these different things will begin to increase that spiritual thirst. The enemy, there's a battle to keep you from getting spiritually hungry. Spiritually hungry. And it's one of the most important things we face, okay? There's only one thing about this. I can't do it for you. Your brother, sister, mother, spouse can't do it for you. I can't do it for Karen. I've got to do it myself. My relationship with God has got to be for me and with me. I can't say, well, Karen, pray a little bit longer, so my relationship will got to be better. No, it's something I have to work on. Amen? So let me give you some simple ways to increase your hunger. Anybody want to know how to increase your hunger? Because we've allowed those little things, if you're like me, I've allowed those little things to come in, and I've said, man, they come in, and I didn't even realize they were there. I have blind spots. We were, we were driving in California, and I was to turn left and immediately turn right to get on Highway Interstate 10, and it was a two-lane turning, Terry, and I was on the left-hand lane. So I've got a rental car, and I'm nervous with rental cars because I was in San Diego one time, and somebody hit my rental car. And how many of you know you're supposed to have insurance on them things or something, you know? And I'm, I call the police and call the police, and they didn't come. They couldn't, Well, come to find out in San Diego, they don't call the police. You're supposed to exchange your insurance and go on. I was in a strange city in a strange place at San Diego Zoo, and this guy hit my car, and so I'm, I'm nervous when it comes to driving. I love to drive. I turn the corner, and Shelly goes, we got to take that exit. And I go, whoa. <laughs> and there's a car there. And he laid on his horn. He swerved out this way, and he went on. He was in my blind spot. I didn't even see him. He had pulled up next to me, and I didn't even see him. When I, w I was turning that corner, he was back there in my blind spot. And we all have blind spots. But let me give you some ways to be able to increase your hunger tonight. Uh, number one is ask God for more hunger. Ask, and you shall receive. God, make me more hungry for the things of you. And I'm not talking about just the church. I'm talking about make me more hungry in the things of you. Make me more hungry. Make me more hungry. One of the things that we realized that I can't get away from ministry. Ministry runs me down. We go to California, ministry's running me down. I go to Arizona, ministry's running me down. Are you with me? We're meeting somebody, they got issues, they got problems, they got, we're praying for them, God's healing, he's delivering, are you with And it's like ministry runs us down. We get back here and I go to North Carolina, ministry's running me down. I'm praying for people. I got, I got a lady texting me that it was a friend, of, a wife of my friend years and years ago and she's texting me and calling me, found out I'm in Winston-Salem and ministry's, well, pastor, would you do that? Pastor, would you pray for me? And I'm like, ministry's running me down. So guess what? I got to let it catch me. Amen? Okay, you caught me. You caught me. And I said, God, give me more hunger. Ask God for more hunger. Number two, spend time with seeking Christians. You got that? You got that? 
seeking Christians, not just churchgoers, not just people, friends, and buddies, and everything else. Spend time. Are they seeking after the things of God? I'm hungry for God. Oh, man, I love it when I get around. You know why Pastor Virginia's small group's the, the biggest small group? Because she's seeking God. She's journaling. She's having dreams and flying with angels and doing all sorts of stuff. And I listen and watch her speak and talk about the experiences, the things she's experienced with God. And it gets me charged up. You know, it just it gets me charged up because she's seeking. She's seeking God. Number three, attend meetings with people who have consistent encounters with God. Are you encountering God? I haven't encountered God in 37 and a half years. Something's wrong. Let's put ourselves in a place where we can encounter God. Or let's get to the place where I can say, God, I want to experience you more. I want a greater hunger more. I want to experience you more. And guess what? It'll happen. If you start looking for it, it'll begin to happen. It'll begin to happen. Okay? That's number, number four. No, number four. Avoid hardening of the heart by continually, here's the word, responding emotionally to his promptings. Respond. Don't, don't emotionally flatline. Well, you know what happened to me? Don't emotionally flatline. That's what we do sometimes. We emotionally flatline. Wait a minute. She's struggling. Guys, I don't know, but Susan Davis lost her husband. And we're praying for her, and we're lifting her up, and we're not sure how to minister to her, but the Holy Spirit's got to minister to her, but I cannot get flatlined in knowing that she is a woman of God, and she's going through some difficult times, and there's some pressures, and she may not act like she normally acts. Come on, somebody. You know sometimes when stuff's going on in your life, you don't know how to act and react to situations and circumstances in your life, and we're all experiencing that. So let's not get so callous, and let's not forget what she's going through. We've all experienced, I've not experienced what she's going through. I can't even understand what she's going through. Let's not get to that place and let's respond to that. Let's respond. Sometimes we don't know how to respond, do we? It's like, I don't know what to say. Well, maybe you're saying, I don't know what to say is a great response. I don't know what to say. But let me give you a hug. Let me give you a handshake. Let me, let me tell you how much God does love you. Let me let you know that he's going to get you through this. He's going to carry you. Number five, and this is a really good one, is feast. Feast on worship music. Listen, you can listen to a tear in your beer. I'm just telling you, as I would listen to more secular music, it seemed like my thirst for God was less. Hello? And I was like, oh, man. And there's some great secular music out there that you can listen to, but a tear in your beer and crying for you, dear, and all that other stuff that's going on, you know, all I'm saying is this. Let's worship music. I see you guys don't know it. I, before church, before practice, Susan will come in and she's worshiping the Lord in here by herself sometimes. And then there's people in and out, but she's worshiping the Lord. She's feasting on worship. I, some people can read the word and boom, they're right there with God. Some people can pray and boom, they're right there with God. Shelly and I are worship. 
Shelly comes in and she's just wanting to worship the Lord. Just wanting to worship the Lord. You know, I'm worried about what light bulbs are out and what's supposed to be here and there and the other that we've been worried about for many years. It's like, I'm just going to come in and feast on the worship music. I'm, I'm here to tell you, God wants you to have a love feast. You want to feast on his love, right? You feast on some worship music. You get something that you, you know, saddle up your horses. <laughs> That's why I don't sing. But I remember when that song hit me and I started feasting on that song and I started beginning to really, really thirst for the things of God. Okay? Number six, real quick. Take short moments alone with God in lifting your hands in love and adoration. God does something about lifting hands. Do you think lifting hands is important to God? I go to that church, y'all lift your hands. Yes, yes we do. I don't know why y'all lift your hands. Well, I think there's a scripture that says lift holy hands. It's also an act of surrender. All I know is if, if I'm walking down the city of New York and the guy comes up to me and sticks a, a, a gun in my back, I'm going... He says, put your hands up. I'm not going to go, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm, sur I'm surrendering. But not only that, but adoration for the Lord. All right? These are just some examples to increase your hunger. These are eight things. Number seven, read inspiring books. Now, these are, these are natural things. But I'm here to tell you, when I read the book, Heaven is for Real, Heaven is Real, we read that book, it was inspiring to me. It was inspiring to me. So when the movie came out, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I read the book, I read the book, mm-hmm. It was an inspiring thing. I watch inspiring movies. You ever seen The Soul Surfer? Anybody ever seen the movie, um, the movie about uh, potatoes? There you go, Faith Like Potatoes. You, you, if you're low on faith, watch that movie. You watch that movie, watch it over and over and over and over again, and your faith is going to go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> You're going to be tilling the ground and planting potatoes. So videos make a difference too. So, but what, what, what books are you reading that are inspiring? Spiritual Sonship, Unmerited Favor, Heaven is for Real. You know, watching movies, Faith Like Potatoes, or the, the Soul Surfer was an encouraging movie. I, I got some movies that I watch that give me hope. How about you? How many of you, there's movies out there that don't give you no hope. They take it from you and steal it from you. The last thing, and, and I'm, and I'm going to be done, is to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. The Spirit of God. I pray in the Spirit, I would say, just about every day. Just about every day. If you can, well, there might have been one day, and I'm not keeping track, but I know that I hear a, a siren go off, I automatically think of Terry. Because he's a fireman. This has been for years. And he shared with me about the times where he's come up, and as soon as those, fire, those, those sirens go, he has a prayer. He begins to pray. And then you need the wisdom from God. So I pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit of God often, 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 often. I begin to pray in the Spirit. You know why? Because I don't know what to pray sometimes. When, when that siren goes off and the ambulance goes by or the fire trucks go by, you know, I just say, God, whatever's going on. And, and I get to that point where I'm done in English and I just start praying in the Spirit. I can run 
on my treadmill. I can walk in my neighborhood. I can pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. When I get a prayer request, most of the time I don't even go to the prayer request in English. I'll pray in the Spirit, and I pray often. Because the Bible says the Spirit knows what to pray. The perfect will of God. Are you with me? So God's Spirit's within me to pray. So these are just some examples to increase your hunger. Let's, let me go over them real quick. Ask God for more hunger. Ask Him. Ask and you shall receive. Spend time with seeking Christians. Those that are, let's, let's, let's get in here. I'm a, you know, I'm like, man, we should, we should all be in here ready for worship. And everything's ready to go. And we're really seeking God. We're really hungry for the things. Attend meetings that, that you can have encounters, small groups that you can encounter God. And it doesn't have to be a six-hour encounter, although those are pretty cool too. But, but it can be a, a time where you've got a moment, and all of a sudden you feel the Spirit of the living God. And you are encountering God's love in a greater way. And you're like, wow, that is awesome. And then respond to His prompting. His prompting. Pray for this person. Pray for that person. Respond to it. Okay, don't react to it. I'm too busy. I ain't got time to pray. Yes, you do have time to pray. And if you do it then, then you don't have to worry about feeling bad and repenting later. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, number four or number five, feast on worship music. Number six, take short moments alone with God, lifting your hands in love and adoration. These are going to begin to connect you and really begin to drive that thirst factor. Number seven, read some inspiring books or, or listen to some inspiring videos. And number eight, pray in the Spirit and pray often. Let's, let's stand to your feet tonight. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that my soul... pants after the things of God but the truth is there's been times where I've I've let those, some other things slip in and didn't even realize it and there they were but I want you to begin to thirst after the things of God and I'm, I'm serious you don't need to pray this prayer you don't need to pray this prayer if you don't want to get thirsty my prayer for you is that you'll get so thirsty that you'll go to the word and when you don't know what to do you'll go to the Word. And God will speak through His Word. And when you need wisdom, you go to the Word. And when you need revelation, you'll go to the Word. And you know what? He says to take that Word and where to hide that Word? In your heart. In your heart. You know why? Because when a, an alarm call goes, Terry doesn't take, oh, time out, guys. I got to go find my Bible. No, it's in there. And then he begins to start coming out. Are you with me? And he begins to pray. Just set your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray that. I hope these things will help. I wanted this handout so you could take that home and look at it later and go, okay, I want to be able to do these things and increase my hunger. I want God to increase his desire for you. And that's a needful thing, I think, for all of us. Let's pray. Tonight, God, I just thank you that you are, make us thirsty. <laughs> make me thirsty, Father. Make me thirsty. And, I, and, I, and as I read your word, uh, the thirst is going to come even more. I don't want to get to the place where I've just, okay, I've heard that, done that, got this message, got that, that there is a single message that I can listen to even over and over again. It's amazing how we'll watch movies over and over again and see different things, that even when messages are similar in nature, that you'll continue to speak through us. 
and we'll get those things that you have for us. Make us thirsty after you in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys tonight. If you want prayer, we're here to pray for you. Be blessed. Go forth in his power and his might. Continue to pray for the youth. They're going to be uh, in a couple more days. And also Jade on our trip to Italy, a couple more days, she'll be home. God bless you.